Welcome to Light Trees News, everyone. Pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. I'm joined today by Meredith. Hi, everybody. Uh, condolences about the U.S. soccer team losing. Oh, uh, I mean, it is kind of sad because they are sweet boys. This time, they're actually full of talented people. But they really sucked it this time in this game, so they deserve to lose. Yeah, I'm not used to uh, used to our male players, uh, soccer players, performing well. I was like, oh, really? When I heard like they were actually doing well this year. Yeah, well, let's remember that the bar for them and doing well is a <laughs> lot lower. So true. Uh, trust me, if the women's team next year in Australia does not manage to go to the finals, I assume we will be hearing calls from people to immediately get rid of all of the benefits that we have, that they successfully argued for uh, this and like got this year. So it's Mm going to be, it's going to be frustrating. Uh, I apologize to you and to the listeners. I am recovering from an illness, which I'm sure you can hear in my voice. So I, uh, uh, sorry about that. Also prior to, uh, recording i took both sudafed and an edible so we're gonna let those two duke it out on this episode and see what happens so that'll be a fun experiment to play Ooh. along with from home try to um get on my frequency and see mm. uh how that goes so before we get into god so much so much i need to talk with you about uh meredith especially because i feel like because i was sick this week I wasn't texting you my every waking thought. So now I just like have so much to tell you, but it's like we haven't spoken in a week, but really insane. only because yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. Because literally it's like, I don't process thoughts anymore. I just text you. <laughs> like, sometimes I go back and I read our texts and I'm like, wow, you don't have to share every thought, you know, you can have an <laughs> internal dialogue sometimes. Um, was there anything politics wise you wanted to talk about other than like the general descent into fascism we're witnessing with like the club Q uh, shooting and anti-Semitism and Republicans thinking drag queens are the number one threat to America, like general dystopian nightmare. Was there anything specifically you wanted to get off your chest? Oh God. Uh, no. I've been so cocooned inside a World Cup bubble that other I just assume everything's going very, very badly. Yes. And, and we'll get um, worse. Sorry to tell everybody it's going to get worse, too. Yeah. Um, so that's that's about where I'm at. Cool. Unfortunately. That's I, why uh, we don't yeah. really talk about it on the show anymore. And we just talk about politi- or, uh, pop culture because politics yeah. is a shit show. And unfortunately... Uh, it is just going to continue to get worse. There was like some report that just came out from, oh, probably the Department of Defense, somebody who like monitors uh, right wing extremism in the United States, um, the FBI, some organization where they were like, oh, uh, the January 6th people are now fully in uh, anti-Semitism land and it's just getting worse. And it's like, no shit. Because that always happens. <laughs> We've been here a million times. Like, and I know they have to put out those reports because, like, if they don't, then they'll be accused of, you know, malfeasance. But yeah, of course, guys, of course, this is going to happen and it's going to get worse. And like, Kanye it always gets worse. It listen, always gets worse. 
I'm not going to speculate about Kanye or mental illness or anything like that. I'll just say going forward, if you platform Kanye West, you are complicit in anti-Semitism because you know he's going to pop off and say some dumb shit. We know that now. So stop platforming this man. Yeah, we don't. And it doesn't matter what else is going on in his life and what his other problems are. The man cannot stop saying anti-Semitic stuff. And... It's really freaky and terrifying. Please just knock it off. (laughs) And I know it's not interesting to like when you if you've ever actually had a mentally ill person in your life and outside people are like, why don't you just do so and so with them? And it's like, it's not that simple. So I do have sympathy for the people in his life who love him. But like, I don't know. Can you like break his phone? Like get like, (laughs) like, is there something we can do if it is truly a, a byproduct of this mental illness? Like. I hope the people who love him have some kind of game plan because he does seem to be spiraling at an alarming rate. Yeah, unfortunately, I think some of the spiraling is uh, an indicator that he doesn't have many people, if any, that really genuinely love him because he is not being served well. I agree. Um, Okay, so let's just get right into it then. I am thrilled. Oh, actually, before we get into all of that, I wanted to read a recommendation from Mark who's one of my Patreon supporters. And just a reminder to everyone, if you are a Patreon supporter of mine, which you can be for as little as $5 a month, you get to send questions, comments, concerns, recommendations. And Mark sent a recommendation. He asks, have you heard of the movie Grimm? It's a Netflix horror movie. Allegedly, it's so scary, people can't make it past the first 10 minutes. Seems like hogwash, but I don't like scary movies. So I can't confirm. I tried the. Sorry, I had to mute to cough. That's okay. I tried the, I think they mean IMDB synopsis and it's so poorly written. I have no idea what it's about. So want to take a chance. Have you heard of Grim Meredith? I have not. And normally I am uh, pretty on top of all of any movie that gets tagged as the scariest impossible. but. I'll add it to my list, Mark. So thank you for sending that. And yeah, especially any horror recommendations. Uh, Meredith and I are always glad to get those. Oh, yeah. I'm uh, trying to figure out which one this is. All right, 2022. Crime. Let's see here. Anybody we know? Uh, No one's name looks familiar. Uh, the director is not a name that, uh, works. There's a monster. I don't know. It kind of, uh, yeah, it looks like the synopsis that I'm reading is also incomprehensible. Uh, so. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I love it. I'll check it out. Um, so I was thrilled to learn that Meredith, you've been binge watching White Lotus to catch up. Yes. Are and I'm fully did. caught up. Okay. I am fully caught up now. So I had texted Meredith early on saying, I have an epic rant for when you're fully caught up. So now that you are, yes, I once again am experiencing this like split in reality where I wasn't really consuming the online discourse around White Lotus season two. So mm-hmm. I sort of had like my own feelings about it. 
And then I went on Twitter to realize no one felt the way I did. And I was just like, holy shit. So my main beef is with the Porsche Albi of it all. I'm having huge issues with this as well. Okay. So my feeling is I am Porsche. Okay. Like everything Porsche has done, every move and decision she's made, I'm like, girl, I get you. I know why you're doing that. And people online are like, Porsche's so mean to sweet Albie. He's such a nice boy, et cetera, et cetera. And I fully get why she went with Chav Boy. I forget the character's name. Doesn't matter. Um, I fully understand like why she was repelled by the fake. And he is so fake woke, nice guy, Albie, like he just oozes performance. And I'm like, that's so unsexy. Like, I understand why she was like, you know, I'm just going to look elsewhere. And people have criticized her because she's like, so wishy-washy and doesn't seem to know what she wants. And it's like, no shit. She's in her early 20s. And this is like her first gig. And she's like, a personal assistant to, and people were like, oh, Jennifer Coolidge was so cool to her on the yacht when she's like, did you have sex? I'm jealous. And I'm like, y'all don't understand because you never had this type of boss. She can turn on a dime. And Mm -hmm. she happened to be cool in that moment, but she can also be like, hey, you're no longer allowed to leave your hotel room because I'm in a fight with my husband. Yeah. So I I fully sympathize with Portia. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, like, I fully, I think that, yeah, Jennifer Coolidge is terrible for her. And it's clearly, like, the point of this plot line is that she wants to be seen, like, her whole thing is she's a rich lady who is like, oh, but I'm cool. But she's not cool. She thinks that, like, people will, it's like, oh, yeah, it's just a little favor. And she's asking her to just completely shut down for the whole time they're in the, in there. I thought... I don't think Albie is, I thought he was like, yes, it's Barry, but I don't think he was a self-aware to be like fake. I I don't read his thing as fake. I read him as clueless. So he thinks this, but he's not like actively misogynist in the way that you seem to. Um, uh, it's not that he's misogynist. I think he's like, we're witnessing him realize in real time that two things. He... It's sort of like determinism versus free will, where he's like, am I doomed to become my father, basically? Yeah. So he's going through that. But also, in his mind, he did everything right with Portia, and he lost to a jock. So seeing him process that in real time, like, oh, why, why do the nice guys always lose? And like that fucking giant chip on his shoulder, you can see 10... 20 years down the road, him becoming maybe not like a misogynist, but his father. Uh, I mean, I think that's what they're going for. I still don't see it. I mean, and I, I think that that's like, it's written in that way instead of happening, but I still don't feel like he's necessarily all the, like it, it doesn't, it hasn't quite clicked for me yet. See, and but I, I think, am yeah. mystified. Cause like a lot of people are in your camp where they like Albie. And I'm like, I don't like this man. Well, like, I do not I like don't him. like him, but I don't think that he's, I just don't think that, and maybe he's underwritten. I don't see him actually processing this as, you know, oh, I lost or, oh, I did everything right. I'm sort of like, eh, I mean, 
yeah, it sucks. But like, she also behaves pretty shittily, like by immediately, like obviously flirting and just like ditching him. Like, but but, but here's my question. That's what- not, un- that's not ununderstandable. Like, I think that that's something that people in their early twenties absolutely do. But, no, like- but like in that moment, what did she owe him? Cause everyone's like, that was so mean. And I'm like, she texted him that she was down by the pool. And then when he gets there and it thinks that they're meeting up, like she's already flirting with another dude. Yeah, like, but it's I like, it, that, it's also, yeah. she was like, I'll see you if I see you. And then he comes down and she's like, yeah, I'm hanging out with some people. It's like, he acts in that moment like they've been dating for years. And it's like, yeah, dude. I mean, he overreacts, but like, she also did like explicitly make it, she led him to believe that they were going to be hanging out mm-hmm. and then she blows him off. Right. So you're not wrong, but I think that like in the moment, yeah, she behaved badly. And when I started to have a little more sympathy for him is when he just like moves the fuck on, like when he meets um the Lucia. Lucia, the, yeah. the sex worker, yeah. And um he like they have like a cute little flirtation thing going on. I'm like, yes, that's that's what this should be. It should be very light and fun and like it is like they are engaging in psychological warfare with each other a little bit, which is stupid. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. I don't trust him. I don't trust any of the men's of that family. Oh, I think that absolutely that's correct. And I think that it's just that so far nothing has happened in a way that makes me think that he's not trustworthy. It just makes me think that he's kind of a chump. And I see, I would not be surprised if Albie kills somebody. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I don't see that at all. I think that if they're building to it, I have yet to see the actual menace in him. I see more menace in the Chavy Grifter. It's not the menace thing that scares me. It's like the wounded puppy shit of it all. Like his constantly damaged ego. That I'm like. He also like doesn't, but he does like handle. And I guess like, I think that the fact that he has managed the situation with Lucia, like mm -hmm. even with things going that way, like he's not doing like. I haven't seen, it's not set up like in the first season with the shitty husband where like you can tell that their rage is just under the surface. I don't see that at all. Or but like even this could explode. Even with Lucia, there's like the, the performative like white knight-ness of it all. Where like, and if you believe the the theory that she is playing into that with like hiring somebody to pretend to be her pimp and whatever, um, mm-hmm. she sees it too. She's like, you want to play this role that's very fake that you're like going to save me right Mm -hmm. so i'm going to play into that and play into your ego so you take me to the united states because that's what i want you know um so yeah i just like there's something very 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 dark like a very dark undercurrent with that whole family and it's more evident obviously with the grandfather and the father because like they're not very good at hiding it. He's very good at hiding it. And I just don't, I don't know what he's supposed to be hiding. Like, I know that they're telling us he's supposed to be hiding something, but I don't see it yet. So to me, what he's hiding is that the same darkness is in him. It's just that he has been conditioned by society to perform better and to say the right things. So when he realizes that he's seeing a sex worker, he briefly discusses the power dynamics of that with her and ultimately goes on to fuck a sex worker. But he has to perform a little bit beforehand because he knows that's the expectation. 
I read that scene so differently. Oh, oh I man. did not at all. I did not. I was like, oh, he fully knows that. And maybe he does actually feel a little weird about it because he's like, oh, my God. Like, you know, depending on what he knows about his dad, maybe he knows that his dad had, you know, um, paid sex workers in the past. And that is alarming for him where he's like, oh, my God, I'm like repeating some of the patterns. But everything he does, everything that comes out of his mouth, I'm just like, you learned that in like Intro to Feminism 101. Yeah, but I mean, he's still like, I guess this is the like, do we just, and maybe I'm, since this is a sense, like since he's trying to figure out how transactional this relationship is, is it him erring on the side of making, of like trying some of this stuff out still like the right thing to do? Like just be like whether or not he's doing it entirely, him like out of like if I guess like Dewey's intentions have to be pure for him for that to matter. Yeah, to I, me it seems like Mike White's trying to explore like not necessarily that he's wrong for like performing a little bit, but does that ultimately change his fate? Which is, which I like, I honestly don't know if we're ever going to like get an answer to that because like, I think we would have to like time jump like 40 years to see if Albia ultimately becomes his grandfather. But, but I also think it's like, you still have to just like, you have to make the decision that like, if you know that this is the way that you're supposed to behave, if you make the decision, then no, you're not going to do that anymore. Like that's when you make that, like, that's your heel turn. Like that's your official red pilling. If he's still doing it and he's navigating this stuff, he hasn't quite crossed over to the dark side. Right, right. And we're seeing, like, the father, like, it's virtually impossible to undo it once you do it. Because, like, his father, we see, like, trying to correct his behavior. And it's like, this man's, like, a sex addict. Like, he's never going to be able to do it. But I'll be, like, I'll be, like, right on that knife's edge. And that's what's so interesting, that tension. Because it's like... I like, I honestly don't know if Mike White's going to want to answer that question because it's like, it's such a big question. Like, can you ever actually change as a person? Well, and I kept thinking about as I was like watching it, the thing that I got stuck on in the scene with uh, Albie and Gia was that like, it was a real misstep on her part to assume that he knew she was a hooker. (laughs) Like, Right. There was no, I was like, girl, you know, you negotiate before you close the deal. Like, come on. Well, that's why I'm like, I would be interested to know if we're ever going to find out how much of this Lucia had planned, because if she like clocked him, like I think she clocked him. I could see her. I think that that what they're doing, I think that they're, they're very obviously making it so that the, the, the more innocent one at the beginning is like not going to have a problem and that Lucia is supposed to be have actually supposed to be having a problem. Like, right. With right. This. But like, I think they saw him coming from like a million miles away where it's like the second she had an interaction with him, like, Oh, he wants to save me. So like, you know, or he'll ultimately want to save me once he finds out I'm a sex worker and I have this mean pimp supposedly, um, whether that turns out to be real or not real. But I think she just like, she knows exactly who this guy is. And I'm wondering if that was part of it where she's like, let me sleep with him first to give him like the girlfriend experience without him realizing it's the girlfriend experience and then drop the fact that I'm a sex worker. And then he'll feel like 
so in it by then, you know, that he won't have time to have that, like, that initial crisis where maybe he would have never slept with her, you know? Yeah, except I think that, like, anyone who has done sex work, like, it's a self-preservation. Like, there is the level, like, somebody who is that was savvy enough to make that, like, I just don't think anyone who is savvy in doing this work would take that risk with their safety. Here's because the thing, though. The, the level could get knocked over by a light breeze. <laughs> like, yeah, I, except you just said that you think that there's something really dark and that you believe that he could kill someone. Well, so, if he, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If like, so, yeah, you can't have it both ways, Allison. Like, you can't <laughs> say that she's this mastermind who's clocked him from a while away and also right. say that when he, uh, that he has this like potential in him to snap because I Fair, think that yes. she would, she would, if she did clock him, she would have clocked the danger and recognize that it was a dangerous game to play to give him the girlfriend experience before explicitly laying out that it was the girlfriend experience. Yeah. I'll be interested to, to see like how much of this was planned from like the get go. (laughs) Cause clearly like both of them, their dream is to go to the United States, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, um, in the case of, uh, her friend be a musician, um, or a performer. And it's like, if that is like an obsession for them, I'm sort of like how much planning went into this where it's like, you know, clearly they found out that the father has money and that was very interesting to them. And they were like, okay. And then he started to reject them a little bit. And that was like shit. And then they saw the sun and they were like, okay, maybe we can get back in that way. You know, like I'm, I'm curious. Yeah. I mean, I'm curious too, but I also like, I want to go back to my feeling that, uh, Portia missed an opportunity by fucking both Albie and the other guy whose name I can't remember. Chad right. Boy. Like she should have just fucked both of them because she's on vacation and preferably fuck both totally. of them. Totally. Yeah. 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 No, that I, under- oh, Albie's not cool enough. <laughs> like, no way. At least then if she had suggested it and he didn't want to, he would have been squicked out and she sure. would have been free and clear to fuck the hot guy without any trouble. I find the Chav guy is so charming and fun. Oh, he um, is. But even also... after the big turn, that's supposed to be like, <gasps> like scandal oh, of the so century. He does a little trade. This is not exactly like Meredith. It is all science. There are so many people who are like, "Is that his real uncle?" And I'm like, "Are y'all stupid?" <laughs> like, <laughs> he calls this man his uncle, so people don't question why he's traveling with him. That's not his fucking uncle. It's just some old dude he fucks, so he'll like pay for everything that is happening. Um, like, yeah, the arrangement from time immemorial. Like, this is. Yeah. I was like, it's also, guys. This is set in Sicily. You didn't think that this was going to be part of it. This is ridiculous. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought he, he's like he's incredibly charming. He's incredibly attractive. But I also felt like, you know, this is why I'm kind of annoyed by Portia because, like, yes, she doesn't know what she wants. She's frustrated, like, with her job. But she seems like she should, like, even if she went to Chico State, she should be savvy enough to know that this is a guy that she shouldn't be, like, she should be playing these, like, playing this a little bit more like savvily i don't like, think she, she just shares i think she's i like, see i don't think i think that i don't know that they're i don't they're not doing it enough for me to show that she is actually that nonchalant and maybe it's because she's not a very good actress but all i see is like a second rate florence Pugh who's like not giving me enough like give no fucks 
I I almost see it as like her disassociating from her own life. Like that scene where she is talking about like social media and like just how people live their lives, even when they're on an amazing experience like that. And she just seems like so disillusioned with everything that I think meeting this Chav guy is like the first time in a long time she's felt like an honest to God spark. Mm-hmm. And she's like, listen, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's up with these guys, but I'm going to chase this high now because I have not felt anything in a minute. Yeah. I mean, maybe I'm just old and I don't know how to respond to someone who's like giving that attitude in a way that I don't recognize as Bailey. Like she's just not giving dead inside in the way that I recognize. this. Oh, movie. see like that. I, I don't know why, but like I really, really... I get Portia where like I I didn't realize so many people didn't like her because I every moment I'm sort of like I understand that I understand that I understand like I understand her motive every step of the way and then I went on Twitter and people fucking hate Portia and I'm like I don't get the hate I honestly don't I like when you were saying like about texting I'll be like I understand like oh that was kind of shitty but like the amount of venom that is being aimed at this character I'm like I don't get it. I mean, I don't want to give any venom because I have definitely like been that person in her early 20s. I have fucked some chavs uh, and some Australians um, that are very much in the in the mode of of our gigolo boyfriend. Like I've been Portia. But that's also why I have a lot less patience for her than I could because I'm like, you're not even doing it in a way that I think is particularly interesting. And But even that uh, to me sort of is true where I'm like, yeah, somebody who's like not very sophisticated in this kind of stuff would do it in a very basic way. I don't know. Like I do we want to say anything else about any of the other characters? We both now understand Theo James, which is great. Right. Yep, we do. That's good. And um, I didn't get the hype before. And then now I'm like, oh, it's that fuck boy energy like that. I, I, I get. And he's so good at bringing it. Yeah. Um, I am very frustrated by Aubrey Plaza because I'm like, girl, if you were really <clears> this <throat> way, like I just and I know the whole point of White Lotus is that everybody's foible is that they're like, there's the one thing you're like, guys, you know, you would act like a real person who would probably do <laughs> right. this, but the comedy of it is that they're not doing this. Right. So the fact that she's like, not, and she didn't, she found the condom wrapper and didn't just immediately say, you know, cause the point is that your marriage isn't as good as she thinks it is and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But like, Oh, come on. Like you, you would have this conversation before you get drunk and are an asshole. And I also just, I know this is because I have, like, she was mean to me at a wedding once. And so now whenever I see her <laughs> in something, I, like, have a hard time. Listen. Like, no, she's not actually as cool as this. Listen, I've heard many stories, not just from you. So <laughs> it's not just you saying this, but continue. No, it's just, like, it really sucks that I get taken out of it. Like, in everything except Legion, uh, when she's the fucking villain. <laughs> The thing is about her, like, I'll never say she gives a bad performance because I don't, honestly, I don't think I've ever seen her give a bad performance, but she does one thing. Yeah. She and does when people are well. like, no, you got to see this thing. She does a different thing in this thing. And then I watch that and I'm like, she's doing the same damn thing. <laughs> yeah. Same thing. But if you like that one thing that she does, then she's, she's doing it a lot in White Lotus. So, um, yeah, I think, I think she's good. Um, a lot of people were sort of ragging on Ethan. Um, 
I, I think he's great for like the guy he's playing. Um, maybe people are frustrated by that character, but I think he's doing a good job. I thought he was doing a good job. And I mean, he he's not he's not giving me awful. Like I don't think he's, you know. I think he's fine. No, but for me, out of that foursome, MVP without question is Megan Faye as oh, she's Daphne. Great. She is yeah. doing the most. This is such a layered performance. Um, I think if they had not nailed that character, I would feel like real different about what's going on. But she, to me, she's also the most interesting character. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I completely agree. That that what do is- you think she was doing in that moment? where she was supposedly going to show a photo of her hot trainer and she showed a photo of her kids and then Uh, pretended it was an accident. Oh, I think that she was suggesting that uh, what she... I I think that she was made, like, sort of telling her to have a baby. Oh, interesting. It'll keep her busy. I thought she was saying... You're fucking with my family right now. I th- oh. I saw it as like a threat where she's like, bitch, back the fuck off. This is not a game. I have children with this man. Whatever you're about to fucking say to me, shut the hell up. Oh, that's much more interesting and almost certainly correct. And I I was a little high when I was watching. So <laughs> I probably missed some important news. Fair enough. <laughs> no, I have heard I have heard off the wall theories about that moment i saw someone say that she was confessing that theo's not the father of her kids oh that's bullshit that i think that's completely wrong i saw it as like again this is a very interesting character she's not the type of woman to threaten anybody so that's how she threatens someone yeah yeah i think that i i thought i think that's interesting like i mean she's clearly much like she understands how to do things without saying them outright which i appreciate that she's very clear about exercising her power in a way that's like i don't say i don't do what i don't do the direct thing i don't say the direct thing but i get what i want because this is how i operate so there is um, a theory that she also is the killer and that big production she puts on in the beginning is like fake Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which would be interesting as well um but yeah at this point i'm like anybody killing anybody any of these characters because i i'm enjoying this season a lot and i think that mike white has done a fantastic job with these characters i'm very very glad that i have caught up and i'm now on it i'm like oh i get why this was all happening but I needed a I needed a really like a good open block of time. I know. I knew I you would love to, like, it. Full on uh, go in. Um, I want to do a hard pivot to yes. the other thing that we wanted to talk about today, uh, which is a movie. If you like horror, everyone should make a point to see. Which is it's out in some th- in theaters in some places and on VOD as of this weekend. Um, it's called The Harbinger. <laughs> hmm. Uh, uh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no. I was just gonna do a little synopsis. Um, yes, please go. So, uh, let's see. Do do do. It's directed by uh, Andy Mitten. Yeah. Uh, and uh, is uh was very much a COVID film. So to the point where, like, I will t- I will say, um. Some people might find it a little triggering because it is, I think, one of the most realistic 
COVID films I've seen just mm-hmm. because it, it plays such a pivotal COVID plays such a pivotal part of the story where like, I'll tell you the, the specific moment that like absolutely rocked me was there's a moment where our, our central protagonist um, gets a phone call from a woman who used to be her college roommate saying that she's having these like terrible dreams basically in which she like can't wake up for days and she's actually like moving through the dream in her real life and she's like afraid that she's going to accidentally kill herself or something so uh our protagonist goes to stay with her to like monitor monitor her while she's sleeping to make sure nothing awful happens And this is during COVID. So, like, she's dealing with a lot of, like, quarantine stuff with her family. She goes to this apartment complex. She's in her friend's apartment. And they can hear the upstairs neighbor coughing, which is something that actually happened (laughs) to me um, when we were in Bed-Stuy when everything was really, really bad in New York. Um, A neighbor of ours died from COVID. And, like, the walls are that thin where you can hear each other. and. So we could hear our neighbors coughing and it was just like this sense of dread where it's like, we didn't know anything about COVID. So it's like, can it get through the walls? Like we honestly didn't know. And it's like, are we going to fucking die in our sleep? Didn't know. know, Like, so all of that stuff, early COVID stuff, it is like very well done, but it is triggering. Yeah. So yes, a young woman who, you know, it was a, a friend of hers from when she was at Pratt. This, the protagonist is with her family upstate New York. With her brother and father. Monique. Monique's the protagonist, yeah. yeah. She is, uh, and they are, they have worked very hard for their COVID bubble. They are getting deliveries. They're doing all of this. She gets this call. She decides she needs, owes it to her friend to go and help her. And the question is, what is happening with this, her friend's dreams? Uh, there is, there is a creature, a figure in these dreams that, is speaking to her and telling her that she is about to be completely forgotten. Which and is such a crazy... Get, then, and then things continue on. So, like, no spoilers. That's as far as we'll Right, for right, the right. Time. Exactly. But Y'all should just watch it. Um, but, but you to were going to say... <laughs> yeah, to me, I was sort of like, it's so much scarier to tell someone, I'm going to erase you from everyone's memory. No one will remember you ever existed over i'm gonna kill you Mm -hmm. because like even if somebody kills you you sort of live on right in like the memories of your loved ones it's so much scarier to be like it will be like you never existed yeah well and it's the the thing i was so impressed by and this movie is if you like things under 90 minutes it is wildly efficient does enormous amounts with small sets you feel cold in your bones because it sets, it, it takes place in winter. There's, yeah. It's such a, it's so good at evoking this, but because it's set during the real terror of COVID winter, this idea of you're alone, you're trapped, you can't touch people to be having a nightmare that you're going to cease to exist and no one will, ha- there will be no one to mourn you because there will be no one who remembers you is utterly horrifying. Horrifying. And that's the part that has stuck with me in the week since I watched the movie because 
it's such an effective and awful villain, you know? Yes. Like, that That is so much worse than a monster that can kill you. Uh, exactly. It's like, oh, well, even being, even the thought of a creature eviscerating me, being torn to pieces by a werewolf, like, yeah, I'd probably rather have a werewolf eat my intestines while I was still alive <laughs> than be than have my my existence nullified. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. And I like I wanted to shout out Gabby Beans who plays Monique and Laura Heisler who plays Wendy. Um they just did a great job <laughs> and like I I'm consistently amazed that some of the best acting we've gotten this year has been from horror movies. And it does make sense on yeah, the one but hand. But also, I would say women in horror movies. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And it does make sense on the one hand because, like, you know, famously you can hire actors very cheap for horror films. And that is how we've gotten a lot of our great actresses, like, through horror films. Um, but they both did a great job. And I, I hope. They go on to do a lot of stuff. Meredith, I just got your text. <laughs> Who is this man? His name is Woot Wengert. He's so he is hot. On, he is on the Dutch national soccer team. Okay, so Meredith sends me a very nice photo of him. And the caption is, this man is 6'6 and you should marry him. <laughs> <laughs> and I agree. I agree. Uh, oh, is- my God. He does look like he probably cleaned up the Frank uh, hiding place. However, listen, listen, I won't ask any questions. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry to uh, we're interrupting our discussion. So sorry. Really excellent and, and underseen horror film that should be uh, consumed by more people to tell you that Allison has found her new love object and she will be casting spells later today. I'm going to make a vision board after this. Um, yeah. But he's the only thing on the vision board. Um, <laughs> I don't know that I have a ton more to say, Allison, no, about you. I just wanted to shout out Andy Mitten, though, the director, because um, I thought visually uh, it was also really beautiful. And um, yeah, I just, I can't, guys, I recommend it wholeheartedly definitely it's one that's actually worth paying for to see like if you're interested in supporting directors and performers and creators who are busting their asses but are not getting a lot of attention like this is a person who's got a lot of potential who had you know a pretty unqualified success when it comes to making a tight little movie so get in there and watch it I agree. Uh, so while we have a little bit of time left, I wanted to see if you had any other recommendations. I have a lot of TV stuff. Uh, I mean, other than rooting for the South Korean team in the <laughs> World Cup. Is that uh, who we are now rooting for? Well, I'm rooting for them. I mean, also kind of the Japanese. But frankly, if you like, if you like attractive guys, you it's know just it. a wonderful time to be watching soccer. It's always um, a great time to watch soccer. Soccer players are the hottest professional sports players in the world, hands down, no question. Yeah. The it's unfortunate the Serbian team is out. They did look like they were all getting ready for their uh their next gig as backing actors in a Liam Neeson action film. <laughs> uh and, and I will say that all of the white 
players on the French national team look like they would be selling you, ready to drug you and then sell you into a human trafficking ring. That's just how um, Frenchmen look. I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah, well, I mean, that's true. <laughs> uh, that, that said, they're all very attractive. There's uh-huh. a lot to be... I mean, I'm a big sports person. You don't have to worry about pretending to care about the United States. So now it's just like a smorgasbord of beauty. Love it. Uh, for the next couple of weeks. Uh, what other things have I been doing? No, I don't really have that much. I've been so busy and so sick and then so what, like so deep in soccer land that I need people to recommend things to me, frankly. Okay. Well, I have some stuff that I could discuss. So I really fell off talking about this show because, uh, it just, fell off for a little bit and then COVID interrupted one of their seasons, but they came back, had their final season, Atlanta, everybody, Atlanta had their final season. And I know some people are mad at Don Glover for things he has said, uh, valid, valid. Um, I, I hope he stays off Twitter, but I really, really enjoyed this last season. I think they fucking nailed it, stuck the landing. Lakeith Stanfield made me cry so hard (laughs) in the last episode of Atlanta in a way that I was not expecting. And uh, the writing was just really beautifully done in this episode where (laughs) Darius is in one of those submersion tanks, meditation tanks. And every time he thinks he's woken up, he's still in a dream. And that keeps happening over and over and over to him. And he is basically, I discovered in listening to like reviews of the the podcast that he has flipped over in the tank and he's actually drowning and he is um, experiencing death. And that's what's happening in the last episode of Atlanta. doesn't die at the end, um, but he's having these hallucinations. So he's seeing his family and like, this is a character who's always sort of been like a manic pixie dream boy. And we don't know a lot about him. And we learn a lot about him in the last episode. And I thought it was really beautifully done. And, you know, um, Brian Tyrese Henry is amazing as Paperboy right up until the end. And yeah, I don't know. Like, I know the show's very uneven and a lot of people hated the direction it went in. I always loved that they stayed committed to this sort of like surrealism, you know, because I think a lot of black entertainment is meant to be about suffering. And certainly Atlanta explores a lot of, you know, stuff about police brutality and like, you know, racism and like they don't shy away from that stuff. But I always liked how committed they were to being fucking weird and also being silly sometimes, you know, just doing an episode where they uh, there's a fictional documentary about uh, a black guy who becomes the CEO of Disney. Mm -hmm. And like, what would that look like? And it's so stupid and it's so silly. Um, And it also, you know, says some important shit about racism, but like. I I really like that they sort of, you know, stayed in their weird lane the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I got, I saw a couple commercials and was like, oh shit, I should catch up on that. And then did not. So good to know. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do. I think they ultimately ended in a satisfying place. And it's fucking hard to end a show and satisfy people, you know? And like, from what I've heard from the people who stuck with it, almost universally, people were like, that was a dope series finale. Um, so kind of on a different note, um, do you fuck with Dairy Girls? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Did you watch season three? No, that's another one I got to catch up on. Okay. I'm trying to make one of the boyfriends watch it with me because I think he'd enjoy it. So yeah. we started yeah, yeah. that the other day. So that's where I'm getting to. That's kind of a red flag if they don't like Dairy Girls. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but the man didn't know about Point Break until recently. So it's sure. really hard to know. Like, I got to either. I mean, he he really enjoys what we do in the shadows and reservation dogs. So I'm like, good. The, the man recognizes good stuff so sure. he's he's liking it so far but anyways, we don't have yeah. to worry too much right now yeah no no no. i didn't accidentally start dating a monster um i you know like i love this show and i love these characters um but it like it ends like pretty heavy and i was sort of like i understood why it ended that way and it makes sense that it ends that way um but i i was a little like I wish comedies could just be silly, you know, like until the very end. But mm-hmm. Dairy Girls always had this like dark undercurrent where it's like, you know, it's the fucking troubles. Like you can't ignore the fact that occasionally people are like setting off bombs. Like that was the reality of this region at this time. Um, it just sort of like I feel like in a lot of series when they rush to wrap up a lot of the character arcs, there's a tendency to get very serious about it mm-hmm. um, because things are ending and that sort of skews into drama, you know, like people are moving away or like relationships are changing and it just sort of inherently changes the tone of a comedy, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. It becomes it, a, yeah. When you do that, it's sort of like a little bit too elegiac and then suddenly yes. you're like, oh, come on guys, you don't suddenly need to match. Exactly. Um, And I think also just, like, the weight of it being a really popular show. But whatever. Like, this is me picking nits. Um, All the girls are still fucking hilarious. The writing's fucking hilarious. Watch it. If you love the first two seasons, you'll love season three. Uh, Did you see that Martin Scorsese came out as a Dairy Girls fan? Every time I hear about what Marty's doing in his downtime, (laughs) I'm like, are you the coolest man who's ever lived? I mean, the answer kind of might be yes because we know what he what movies he's made uh, but he also seems to like he's got a pretty good handle on things did and you even see when he comes for marvel he's doing it in a way that you have to respect everybody needs to calm down asking these old directors how they feel about marvel because they're not going to give you an answer you like and you need to calm down did you see how his daughter has him saved in her phone no so first of all his name is daddy-o <laughs> And then his uh, his picture is his like emoji version that looks exactly like him, and it's so cute. Oh, yeah! Uh, when he right before he turned eighty, the week he turned eighty, several like a few days before his actual birthday, Isabella Rossellini tweeted "Happy Birthday." She's like, "Here's a photo of us from when we were married," and the two of them look really sad, oh. like, sitting at a table <laughs> together. <laughs> it was like four so it was like the Tuesday and his birthday's on a Friday and she's like happy birthday here's, here's a photo from when we were married and I was like oh god you're brutal that's, that's amazing. so funny <laughs> oh my god icons uh dissing icons we love to see it um just it's that's the true celebrities are just like us yeah 
She never let it go. She never let it go um, and probably should not have. So, uh, yeah. Have you seen 1899 yet? No, not yet. I canceled my Netflix because there was nothing good on it. And I was just like (laughs) putting for a long time. And then immediately a bunch of stuff happened that made me want to watch again. That's how they keep you hooked. They'll they'll do that occasionally. Yeah, I it's fine. Yeah, it's okay. Like I, I kind of had a less than enthusiastic response. Um, I'll say like less enthusiastic response than most people to dark as well. Mm-hmm. So I feel that way about eighteen ninety nine too, where I'm like, yeah, I mean, watching it and I'm like, I'm aware that structurally this is good and interesting things are happening. It took me a long time to feel emotionally invested in any of the characters. I did ultimately get there, but you have to hang in there. Yeah. And I think I have also heard that it is slower, it's less engaging than dark. I was a big dark fanatic, but uh, I like the people who were in dark that are, the actor that was in dark that's in 1899, I'm a huge fan of. So like, give him to me. Uh, And yeah, I'll get to it. But again, I want to make sure that I can pay attention to it because if it's anything like dark, if I don't pay very close attention, I'm not going to know what the fuck is going on. And my German Duolingo is languishing at the moment. So (laughs) I've got to pay attention. Man, I am just like two years at this point into the Spanish Duolingo. And I'm like, should I hop over to something else? But I like my OCD brain is like, you got to finish Spanish before you can go to anything else. And it's going to be like four years before I can do that. but. I know. Well, I keep getting bored with certain lessons at uh, on the Spanish Duolingo, which I've also been doing because I took so much of it. And I'm like, oh, I do remember these things. So then I just at some point I'll do like part of a lesson and then I'll just skip to the next lesson. So I'm not really learning anything, but I'm addicted to the gamification of it. My thing is like I actually like that they let you skip lessons because I feel like otherwise I would get really bored. Mm -hmm. My thing has always been. I can read it fine. Um, I can write it fine. I have a hard time listening. And I, like, I, I have to be like, go slow. So like, that's primarily what I'm using it for. And also Duo has clocked that I'm not as good at that. So it's like giving <laughs> me more like audio lessons. So that I found find really helpful. That's that's good. So at least they can, at least they can get there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel like that's, I wish that I were being more interesting and I have my Meredith, stuff, but hey. who is this? Okay. So Meredith has texted <laughs> me again because I get alerts on my <laughs> desktop that you have texted me. So <laughs> he plays for Spain. His name is Kyle Krieger. No, Kyle. No. Krieger okay. Is the tweet is the person who tweeted it. Okay. The person who's like the person who's what the photo fuck? it is, is a player on the Spanish national what team. What the fuck? We don't know his name. Oh, I can find his name. I forget. Like without the number, they all kind of look like that. It's so, insane. Like, why don't they all have modeling contracts? I mean, did, have you seen the 2006 underwear campaign that the Italian national team was in? But like, uh, why doesn't yeah. every team? I'm like, you're all hot. Why don't you just like, if you get on a soccer team, also have a dual contract to be a model? Because <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you're all so hot. Okay, sorry. None of you can see what I'm seeing, but please know that my meltdown is valid. Yeah, no, trust me. Like, they're, it's really upsetting. They just <laughs> can't stop. 
and and yeah, I'm just gonna keep breaking your brain like this over. It's and fine. Over. It's fine. Um, so I'll do one more recommendation to end things on a lighter note. There's a new season of Beavis and Butthead on Paramount Plus. Y'all fuck with Paramount Plus? Probably not. But if you do, uh, watch the new episode or new season of Beavis and Butthead. It's very very funny, and it's very smart. And you're probably like, I wasn't into the original Beavis and Butthead. Neither was I. I was a, a Daria girl. Shocking. I know. I hope everybody's sitting down. But I didn't fuck with the original. And I really loved this last season. I binge watched it in like a day. And yeah, if you're having like a sick day or you're just looking for something light to watch, definitely recommend that. Excellent. I do love me some Beavis and Butthead. Mm-hmm. You were a fan of the original? Uh, no, actually, I was not a fan of the original because I think my mom was like, oh, this, they're so crude. But then I um, came around. Meredith just <laughs> sent me. Is this the Italian underwear campaign? Yeah. When they won in 2006, they uh, did a they that's not the only um, picture of them in underwear. Just so you know. Do you think they have a competition of like. So guy on the left is in great shape, but his abs are a little less defined than the other. Do you think they like compare shit like that? They probably do. They're Italians. They absolutely do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Probably drives them nuts. It's my dude. It's genetic. It's not your fault. You know? Um, well, that's distracting. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) We love it. We love it. Uh, (laughs) Did you have anything else you wanted to recommend? No, no, no. I do not. Just uh, keep keep fighting the fascists. Keep on keeping on, everybody. (laughs) Yeah, roll into the holidays by, you know, not like by trying to call out your racist elderlies and uh, the olds. Yeah, do something nice for someone. Don't give money to the Salvation Army. And yeah. Yeah, I maybe people don't know that. I'm sure everybody listening to this knows that, but they're um they're awful. They're super homophobic, transphobic. Um yeah, don't give money to them. Yeah. Yeah. Um oh right, and just in case anyone is curious, the strikers in Alabama are now on month 20. Damn. So solidarity, guys, they uh, deserve yeah. a Holy lot shit. of support. Yeah. Um, yep. That's all I got. Great. Well, please follow Meredith on all the socials at Meredith L. Clark. Follow me at Allison Kilkenny. Follow the show, Light Trees and Pod, on Instagram and Twitter. If you're a fan of the show, go to lighttreason.news and smash that donate button. Or if you want to have a little communication with us, Go to patreon.com slash Allison Kilkenny for as little as $5 a month. You keep the whole show running, guys. You pay for everything that's happening. So thank you so much for the support. And yeah, keep sending recommendations. Thanks again to Mark for sending uh, the Grim recommendation. I'm going to check that out. Thanks so much for listening. And while you're at it, get out there and cause a little trouble. <laughs>